0: Welcome, True Believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man. And here is a man who would love to have a pouch in front so he could carry around teabags all day long, my caffeinated friend, Eddie. How are you today,
1: Eddie? <laughs> I'm feeling great today. And, uh, I mean, no caffeine while I'm podcasting. It's far too late in the evening really? for me. I'll never go to sleep if I had a caffeine. Oh, well,
0: I thought you were having a caffeinated beverage. What kind of tea are you drinking today?
1: Today, uh, I have to have chamomile because I've been yelling at concerts and all sorts of events right now. So my voice is a little rough. Do you have chamomile most of the time when we're podcasting? Almost always. It's, you know, it's good for the throat, so.
0: I've stopped doing my post-podcast brownie eating that I would usually bake the brownies while I was podcasting. I've, I've had to cut that out because... You know, it sort of has a negative uh,
1: weight impact. So. <laughs> well, hasn't stopped me, James B. I'm still. <laughs> I don't drink tea at all. Um, and
0: speaking of people who don't drink tea, I think
1: today we're going to be joined by someone else who is probably not drinking tea right now. That's right, James B. Today we have a returning guest. Introducing, once again, Ian Cooper. We are over the moon to have you join us. How's it going, Ian?
2: Oh, I'm doing great. I recently completed my Batman 1966 TV show Lego set. It was fun to build. Mm.
0: Anything else going on?
2: Yeah, I was surprisingly elected for student body president. I don't know what people were thinking when they voted (laughs) me, but...
1: (laughs) Spider-Man fans.
2: Probably. And then... Uh, I got to bed pretty, or I almost got to bed on time.
0: Wait, I thought I thought we discussed you're going to have a nice <laughs> rest before you came onto our show. That for
1: how how close were you to going to bed on time?
2: I only missed it by about ninety minutes.
1: I That's hope deep. he's up for the intellectual slugfest that he's going to endure here. So
0: you know what? I'll I'll do the title and the credits. Uh, Eddie, you do the first summary, and then we'll have you do the second summary. That way, he has a chance to wake up. How's that sound? Great. From November 1973, The Amazing Spider-Man 126, The Kangaroo Bounces Back,
1: written by Jerry Conway, art and ink by Ross Andrew and Jim Mooney. While swinging about town, Spidey is propositioned by two Corona car salesmen to build a spider mobile. He says it's a corny idea and swings to ESU. There, Professor Warren lectures him about missing class, and he aggressively turns down an invite from MJ and Flash. Peter heads to his apartment where he finds an eviction notice for unpaid rent. He decides the only way to pay rent is to build the Spider-Mobile for the car salesman with the help of the Human Torch. We catch up with the kangaroo and Jonas Harrow. Harrow is the same mad former doctor who enhanced Hammerhead's body. Harrow proceeds to enhance the kangaroo's powers. Eddie, did you remember who Dr. Harrow was? I did not remember him by name. I think this is the first mention of his name. But as soon as he said that, I thought, wow, this guy's just finding patients all over the streets here. <laughs> and how many people did he have to ask before he found the kangaroo? Or is he just really good at finding people to work on? Oh, didn't he walk, didn't he find Hammerhead like laying in an alley? Yeah, well. Like dying? I know, but this is like a different situation. The kangaroo is like snooping on Spider-Man all throughout this issue, and he just kind of notices him like, oh, maybe if I make him stronger, he'll help me. Peter, does he have a job or not? Because he's
0: he's like, oh, no, I have to pay rent. Well, I guess I have to go create the Spider-Mobile then. <laughs> like that was his first reaction. How much is the rent? is it it's that big a deal? He couldn't just be like, "I'll just get more pictures." Like, Aunt May has to go to Florida, he takes a couple photos. Aunt May has a major operation, he takes a couple photos. They're like, "You need to pay the rent this month." He's like, "Oh no, I need to go
1: create a card, sign a multi-contract with Corona." Like, what? What are you doing? He is on salary at the Bugle. So, I think the more important question is here is what is Peter's money management skills? Cuz he's not paying rent. So, what is he paying for? He doesn't he tur- he got rid of his rock a lick and red motorcycle a while ago that's true ian i got a question for you what seems stranger to you so far that
0: the guy that created hammerhead decides he's going to go start working on the kangaroo or that there's going to be a spider mobile
2: i would probably say the spider mobile because spider-man can just like swing around he doesn't really need a car
0: so that seems a little more ridiculous to you than just a supervillain being crazy
2: again. yeah i mean what if there's traffic
0: didn't think of that did he
2: No. And
1: the book, Spider-Man himself says it's corny. So, (laughs) all right. All right. So apparently we all think
0: the more normal thing is that there's a supervillain trying to manufacture abilities
1: in another person. Speaking of the kangaroo James B., he finds Spider-Man and resoundingly defeats him. Fortunately for Spidey, uh, old Rui gets a headache and departs before he can finish him. The kangaroo returns to Dr. Harrow's, where he gives him an assignment to steal radioactive isotopes. While working at the Human Torches, Spidey hears of the isotope robbery in progress and swings off to stop the kangaroo. The battle ends as the kangaroo is incinerated by gamma rays, and a forlorn Spidey swings off through police bullets. Hey, uh, gentlemen, who do you like Spider-Man teamed up with more, Doctor Strange or the Human Torch? Or I guess we could include Visions. He was on the pod last time with you, Ian.
2: I like Spider-Man and Human Torch.
1: Oh, interesting. I agree.
0: I I prefer him with the Human Torch than either of those other characters. I don't, Even if Doctor Strange is in his astral
1: form, I don't need it. It's weird. <laughs> I, I know you've had complaints about Doctor Strange in the past, but I, I guess if the Human Torch has kind of evolved his relationship with Spider-Man, so they're not so like pugnacious fighting each other, you know, at every turn. Uh, That's always bothered me. So I'm going to go with Doctor Strange because they're an actual team, not trying to fight each other.
2: (laughs) That's fair.
1: All right. Well, I'm going to finish up this uh, issue right here. Uh, We get a bonus epilogue at the end. We see MJ go to Harry's apartment where he refuses to answer the door because he's holding... The Green Goblin's costume. <laughs> James B,
2: did you know Harry took Norman's costume?
0: I actually did not. I did not think that was Harry who took his costume a few issues ago. I admit it. I, I had a different person in mind. I'm like, oh, I know who's got the costume. It's not, it's not Harry, but apparently it was Harry since he basically says I was the one who took the costume <laughs> off my dad. I was like, oh, there's no question here. Did you, uh, did you guys think it was
2: Harry? No, I did not. I I
1: thought Harry was incapacitated in bed with a drug overdose and just was not going to be able to put so many things together to save his father's reputation. But I was also surprised. And you mentioned that he has a headache.
0: Um, can you explain why the kangaroo had a headache for the listeners who didn't read this book?
1: Well, Dr. Harrow has a failsafe on his new, I don't know if we could call the kangaroo cyborg, but there's a little button it looks like in the middle of his forehead which forces the kangaroo to obey dr harrow's commands and return to his lab so he can tell him to go do his bidding um, i'm more concerned about how the kangaroo dies another death in spider-man ian are you aware of all the sad things going on in spider-man
2: i am he's getting evicted he just lost the love of his life and there's he couldn't save her at all
1: remember
0: that uh Pierre uh, Rambo, the guy who's got the <laughs> secret message about Aunt May that we don't know about, he gets killed. And then, of course, uh, Harry's relapsing. Uh, Harry's father got killed. You know, did we already mention the rent? Did he get that one? The rent's going up. Yeah. rent is oh, going there's... up.
1: We had we had a trifecta of killings: Raleigh, the Smasher, and the scientist that created the Yeah, but uh, the Peter's
0: but Peter's not. Sad about the death of the Smasher. Oh, I see. you asked
1: what sad things are going on. You didn't say
0: like all the death things. Ah. I'm talking about the all the things that are troublesome in his world these days. So, all right. Well, James B, I'm ready for a sponsor. I am ready for a sponsor too. Eddie, Doctor Jonas Harrow is a family doctor and rehab specialist licensed in three states. Come see him if you have weak bones and are sick of tiresome physical therapy. Dr. Harrow can also help with weak skulls, weak feet, or weak bladders. Your one-stop shop is Dr. Jonas Harrow, not ABMS certified, only licensed in New York, Indiana, and Michigan. Hey, by the way, (laughs) calling all the old ladies. If you're thinking of becoming a rooftop night watchman, Dr. Harrow's services are a must. Discover card not accepted. Consultations available over Zoom. See our ad in Portable Breastroom Operator Magazine. (laughs)
1: <laughs> wow, what a sponsor, James B. That guy's license in the state of Michigan. I, I have some concerns about my state, but
0: Well, I know that if you're licensed in New York and Indiana, which are like the easy ones to
1: get into, you can. Michigan will just take it. <laughs> so that's why. I, I better watch out if I better not get knocked out in any dark alleys. I, I don't think I want to cross Whoa. this guy.
0: Well you talk about you don't why wouldn't you want Doctor Harold? You, Think of all the things that were he did for the kangaroo, which were sort of unclear, actually.
1: not really <laughs> sure what he did. But I'm sure he did something really good. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want to have your body enhanced anyway, Eddie? Uh, even from a very reputable source, I would be questioning body enhancement. I mean, you know, like if I had to get LASIK surgery, I guess. That's body enhancement, right? All right, maybe. But not from Dr. Harrow. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, he doesn't even seem to charge people money. I, Ian... <laughs> Ian, tell us why
0: you might be considered considering seeing Dr. Jonas Harrow.
2: I mean, I if I were riding a bike, mm-hmm. but if I got hit by a car, I would go straight to Jonas Harrow.
0: And, and what I'm hearing from you, Ian, is if you had gone to Jonas Harrow before getting hit by the car, you might not even have any injuries at all. That's true. As recently elected eighth grade president of your school, Would you recommend your fellow students to see Dr. Jonas Harrow?
2: I would. He's free.
0: Wow. Well, right now, he's not available in Texas, but as soon as he is, I am sure everyone will appreciate you pointing them in the direction of Dr. Jonas Harrow.
1: Yeah, make sure your parents are keeping track of you on a bike, Ian, okay?
0: (laughs) People in, in elected positions have to watch out. You know, things could... Bad things happen to those people, so we'll, we'll have to keep yeah, an eye out.
1: He's just so. swinging his endorsements around all over the place here. I I don't know. Ian, I, I'm but, ready to hear the next book. James, B, why don't you introduce it?
0: From December 1973, The Amazing Spider-Man 127, The Dark Wing of Death, written by Jerry Conway, art by Ross Andrew, and inked by F. Giacola and D. Hunt.
2: When swinging around New York City, Spider-Man finds a dead woman outside of MJ's apartment building, with her looking horrified outside her window at the body. Spider-Man changes into Peter and goes to talk with Mary Jane to see if she saw anything. Peter asks her about the body, and MJ says that she knows who killed the woman, but refuses to tell who it is.
1: MJ and Peter are talking here in a very different manner than we've seen in the past. I think it's notable how sad MJ is and how kind of Peter ends this conversation. What do you guys think of MJ and Peter? Um,
0: I think that they're trying to give all of Gwen's lines to MJ now. And Gwen and Peter having these types of conversations, we wouldn't have been upset at all. We would have been like, He's mad at her because of her dad. She's mad at him because of the photographs that he was pr- submitting to the dad. And he's not being available all the time. And they're always fighting and breaking up and going on and off. And this was like the drama all the time in the, in the last, you know, 30 or so issues before her, her her death. So now MJ can't just be the like, I'm going to go dance and serve hamburgers kind of girl. So she has to get the the heavy storylines, which are, you know, why, why aren't you in love with Harry? Why are you flirting with me? Pick who you love choose who you want to be with. Oh my God, I saw her murder. It's all, it's, she has to be the female who's taking all of this on and you can see how it affects the relationship.
2: Yeah. I feel like they just took Gwen and Harry or Gwen and Peter's relationship and just gave it to MJ, which is kind of interesting.
1: I, I agree with that, that idea. And, you know, last pod, I was very critical of MJ crying, MJ kicking Peter out of her house, because I thought this was really out of character. Uh, I know I like the happy-go-lucky, beatnik-talking Mary Jane, but once I kind of thought about this, it's nice to see some depth to her character. She was always treated in such a kind of bimbo fashion and really superficial, kind of flighty uh, way of talking and interacting with everybody. So I'm glad to see MJ taking up this mantle as kind of Peter's counterpart uh, through this section. Why don't you uh, tell us what happens next, Ian?
2: Spidey swings to investigate the crime scene when he's attacked by the vulture. The vulture kicks Spider-Man and he's knocked out. Slightly dazed, Spider-Man goes to the Baxter building to meet Johnny Storm and check the progress of his new Spider-Mobile.
1: James B., your thoughts on the first half of this book? Why is he working on the car? Like, you have time to stop and work on the car. There's
0: so much else going on. He's like, I'm going to swing over and see what's going on in the car. Like, what? I think that's really what bothered me the most.
1: As stated, and here is the line that Spider-Man says as he swings away from the car salesman. Uh, initially. He says, thanks, pal, but no thanks. In case you hadn't heard, Spider-Man is a persona non grata these days. And he says, I think the idea of a spidermobile is first class dumb. So <laughs> what are you doing, Spider-Man? It, it's a bizarre twist. Um, I got something, to, a trivia question here, and it's Vulture-related. Gentlemen, does anyone remember when we last saw the Vulture?
2: Oh, I don't memorize, like, issue numbers. Probably 80. Okay,
1: James B? 65, somewhere around there, so I'll say 65. Very good, James B, he was in 64. Spider-Man breaks the Vulture's power pack, which disables his wings somewhat. He notices he's losing power and he just flies off and we don't see him again. What has he been doing this whole time? (laughs) Anyone want to take a guess? I don't know what he's been doing, but we could speculate.
2: I feel like he was genetically mutated somehow.
1: Interesting. I was say, he's been looking for Dr. Dr. Jonas Harrow, but he's trying to find him. <laughs> well, Ian, tell us tell us about the rest of this book.
2: Later at school, Peter meets up with MJ and tries to talk to her about the previous night. She tells Peter that she never saw the murderer and it was just a joke. Just then, Flash shows up in his cousin's convertible and takes the two for a ride. In the convertible, Mary Jane is snatched by the vulture. In a lucky break, Flash gets knocked out by crashing into a telephone pole, giving Peter a chance to change into Spider Man. He swings and saves MJ, giving him a flashback of Gwen's death, though as he saves MJ, the vulture escapes. Finally, Spidey finds the vulture, and they fight. Spider-Man wins, and we're all shown an angry Harry plotting to kill Spider-Man as the Green Goblin. But just then, the Vulture breaks out of his confinement and grabs Spidey, thinking it's someone else. The Vulture finds out it's Spider-Man and drops him to his death.
1: Nicely done, Ian. Oh, Thank you. I like how Flash gets a lucky break by crashing into a telephone pole. (laughs) (laughs) Good explanation, though. It's well summarized. It's true.
2: Thank you. I was kind of confused at the fact that he was attacking this one uh, lab assistant when Spider-Man finds him again. It
0: was- yeah. I, Eddie, I, did you notice that he's attacking this lab assistant, like Ian said? Super confusing. Uh-huh. The little narration in the corner says, she's going for help, right? Question mark. Then it says, wrong! Exclamation point. <laughs> We're like, what? But they just leave that there like, like a tease. In the middle of it, like, okay, we don't know why he's attacking
1: her. We don't know where she's going. We don't know who she is. It is a mystery. I Yeah, I didn't even notice that. Thank you, James B.
2: I thought that she was going to play a part later in the issue.
1: Well, I haven't read the next issue. Eddie, have you read it? I have not, no.
0: Good, good. It's good to not go ahead because then if you know too much. So so listeners, you'll have to give us another 30 minutes to uh, figure out what happens to that girl, if you if you care.
2: Um, I had a question. There was one part he yells at Spider-Man for not being Christine. Who is Christine?
0: That was the girl that he was trying to grab. Oh. I assume that's the girl from the inside the building. Ooh, right? Good catch, Ian. I didn't even notice that. Well, speaking of using the wrong a name that we don't recognize, um, are we going to ever acknowledge the fact that Spider-Man called Mary Jane Gwendy?
2: I do, yes. (laughs) That's
0: that's like a huge slip-up.
2: That's probably not a mess-up, though. I feel like the significance of her him saving MJ and not Gwen.
0: Do you think it's known to Mary Jane that
1: Spider-Man tried to save Gwen Stacy? He swung Gwen's body down to the dock to the police in fact everyone should know that spider-man was with gwen when she died because he was the last person to be with her when she was still alive and then yeah all right there's this out that you can say something I'm like that le- yeah there's right? this out um yeah what else you got anything else or we should give it to eddie
2: uh we should give it over to eddie
1: all right eddie it's you i have a really important point i really love the vulture's teeth of this book <laughs> I once again was complaining about the illustration uh, in the last couple of books, but did anybody notice what the vulture's teeth looks like in this book?
2: They look like they're very sharp. That's (laughs) for sure. They're
0: all like all sticking out in all random directions. Yeah, they're
1: they're extremely jagged, and I guess if you're going to draw an evil villain's teeth, that would that would be the case. And you see him when the vulture opens his mouth. But I love this scene. Right above when the lab system is running away, he is biting the web off his hands Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he's got his gnarly teeth going. So (laughs) excellent. A plus for vulture teeth drawing in this one. Um, I'll take one.
0: So they've been drawing Harry more and more sinister over the last two issues. They keep showing shots of Flash and MJ on the sidelines and Harry's always behind them, creeping behind the tree. And one of the captions from the narrator says... We'll worry about Harry's sanity later. <laughs> right now, we turn to, and they go back to the spider-man part of it. Like they're acknowledging that Harry's just completely losing his mind throughout this book, as he's all of a sudden, he's letting us all know that he's the green goblin and he's going to kill Spider-Man.. <laughs> yes. You're like, what? What? Why? Why is this, why is this happening so
1: quickly? gonna be really fascinating what reason they use for his insanity to take hold of him because are they gonna say it was the drugs that he was taking that's gonna play a prominent role or is it just the insanity of the stress of his father dying and his company kind of falling apart mm. i'm very excited to read ahead well this was a super busy
0: issue if you look at the two covers 126 has the kangaroo with his questionable ability saying, I'm super powerful, Spider-Man. I'm going to destroy you. And, you know, you know, he dies. And then 127 has a lot of activity going on the cover. There's Spider-Man in the middle and he's possibly caught in a web and he's being attacked at the two o'clock frame by the vulture. And down there, Mary Jane's in danger around five o'clock. And then Peter's being, like you know, slapped by crazy Harry over at seven o'clock and then there's the dead woman and the cop looking up at nine o'clock and there's why is this going on and who is this going on and what's going on and the dark wings of death and you're like oh my gosh so much going on in 127 and I would hate to be given this book and say like hey go <laughs> write this summary of this crazy book so i We made sure, listeners, that we did not write the summary. We just threw this at Ian and said, write the summary. And Ian, like we said, you did a great job because this is a weird one.
2: Yes. Thank you so much.
0: So next weird one, we'll give that one to you as well. Even if you're not part of the show, we'll say, write the summary for us. (laughs) But if you want to write a summary for us or you want to tell us which summaries we should make Ian write or you want to write to Ian to tell him not to write a summary – all those things can be done, Eddie, by emailing us how? You can email us
1: at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at letsreadspidey.
2: And remember, listeners, if your friend witnesses a murder and your roommate is going insane
0: and a supervillain is trying to kill you, go
1: build a spidermobile. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.
0: I liked in the kangaroo book that he came in, a villain that we already knew, had a history of, ran into a, a sort of like a doctor villain that we already knew, and then we had a death of a character in it. I thought yeah. that was really good. Who was zipping and unzipping something while I'm
1: talking?
2: Me. My bad. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm super sad to see the kangaroo die. I never thought I'd say that, too. But, like, he uh, could he could go toe to toe, right? I feel like he can really fight Spider-Man now. Yeah, and he just dies. That one. Uh. <laughs> you know what, though,
0: in the Marvel universe, Who knows? things have a way of popping back up again. True. Like he, he could definitely show up again. Um, Ian, have you ever seen one of my favorite movies of all time, which is the Back to the Future movies?
2: No, <laughs> I need to though.
0: <laughs> mm, okay, so excuse me as I talk to Eddie for a moment here. Eddie, you've seen these movies, have I you? I have, not?
1: yes. So-
2: Eddie, there's a new
0: character. That's not a new character, but a character appeared in 126 and 127. His name is Professor Warren. I want to let you know, Professor Warren in the Back to the Future movies would be Principal Strickland. He just shows up all the time to yell at our main character. That's all he does. (laughs) I've seen Professor Warren now five times. and I believe four times his lines have been basically, Peter, you're failing this class
1: do better or else These, you're a slacker he's tenu- you're slacker parker tenured professors they think they can get away with anything i mean i was stunned how is peter still in school with the death of his girlfriend and his roommate's father doesn't he get a semester off like isn't he allowed to take some time